Welcome to the Personal Branding Jumpstart Podcast, where we explore personal branding for your business or for your career. We are Renuka, Laura, Tyler, and we are the personal branding specialists hosting this show. So whether you are a business owner, employee, or fresh graduate looking to jumpstart your personal branding journey, then this is the podcast for you. So are you ready? Let's Let's jump jump into it. it. Hi guys, welcome to our personal branding jumpstart podcast once again and this is our second episode. Wow, wow. we're still in our trial phase here so guys just bear with us. Uh, <laughs> but I want to introduce everyone to our hosts. Uh, you have me, Renuka, Tyler and Laura. Say hi, hi. guys. Hi, hello. Hey guys. Right, so this episode we're going to be talking about personal branding in Asia, something very close to our hearts and you know, mm. perhaps something that a lot of people don't really realize so much about it. So we want to really debunk some myths and you know, look through like different countries, different cultures and how personal branding really plays a part in it. Let's just jump into it. I think the first thing let's talk about is Asian versus Western personal branding styles and also whether there's any sort of difference. Guys, do you guys want to chip in and, and share with us like what, what do you think about this? Okay, so just to preface this whole thing, you know, like um, this is just views that we hear from people and it's a collective view. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not something we may, it's something that we notice, but we may not personally agree with as well. So if you think, with, you know, if you feel like anything here is touching on racism and all that, please understand this is not where we're coming from, right? Yeah. 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 It's just an open discussion. It's just purely based on our own experience as we venture into personal branding in different companies, in different countries. So just be mindful that all of this, again, is just based off our own experience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes, so uh, maybe I can just start off. So Mm. if I can just share my experience when I, you know, compare how Asians brand themselves versus how Westerners brand themselves, I think you can see quite an obvious difference. First things first, Westerners tend to be more outspoken and they have this mentality that they really need to stand out. Now, I'm sharing this again based off my experience when I went over to the US in 2019. I was on an exchange program and I was in Arizona State University. So we got to experience what uh, classroom in America looks like and it was oh, wow. pretty cool. But again, what I noticed when I was in that classroom, you know how in like Asian classroom when you know the teacher is talking and they ask, anyone has questions? It's, it's total silence. <laughs> Everyone looks down, right? Everyone just looks down and really hope and pray that you won't just like look at me. Yeah, exactly. Like avoid eye contact at all costs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that is my experience in, you know, Malaysian school. But when I was over there, the moment the lecturer says like anyone has questions or comments, wow, you know, the students just step up and they speak as if, you know, they have a whole speech prepared ahead of them, right? It's like the words are so eloquent and not just the words, but even the way, you know, they portray themselves, the way they stand up is it has confidence. Um, the way they project their voice, you know, as if they have practiced it many, many times. And they have this really good like thought process, which they make sure to demonstrate that as they answer, you know, the question to the lecturer. So that itself really made me go, wow, like I wouldn't really see this back in our school in Malaysia, right? It's, yeah. it's very rare. I guess if you just take a step back and reflect upon it, I believe it has got to do a lot with culture. Mm. You know, the culture that we are brought up with in Asia is that, you know, we have to respect the elders. You know, the elders are always more experienced, are more wise. And hence, you know, uh, as the younger one, we we try not to go against what they say or try mm. not to step above them. And hence, yeah. that starts from our school system and, you know, it continues even up to the workplace. That is why I would say that if you notice 
I mean, just go online. You will see most Westerners, they are often very well-spoken. They would always want to step up, be different. And in Asia, you will see that a lot of us, especially who are just starting out, we don't really dare to step up. I think that's really, you know, also a very cultural situation. But if you look at Asia, right, I noticed that sometimes, and this is again just plainly my personal experience and opinion, I notice countries that have higher population, for example, India or even like the Philippines, example, they are more vocal in a lot of sense. And I feel that it could also be because that when you have a lot of people in your country itself, like generally you have to try your best to stand out. And when you go online and search on like, you know, tips of personal branding, how do I stand out? A lot of the articles and literatures are very based on Western culture. So Western culture tells you like you need to talk about yourself a lot more, speak out, right? Be yeah. more confident. But when you apply these kind of techniques back here in Asia, right? People view you as like, wow, okay, this guy's just like boasting, you know, like this guy's just talking a lot about himself. Yeah, not humble at all, you know. Yeah. Mm. I think you raise an interesting point because you touched on like the kind of like the population saturation, right? So in denser colonies, which I think you onto something. Again, like my, my opinion is not based on research, it's just a thought that I had when you when you raised that up. Yeah. It, it does make sense because when you have so much competition around, you have no choice but to be vocal. Otherwise you're gonna be just one of the one of the hundreds that are competing for the same thing. Yeah. Um but in Malaysia we kinda of have that space, you know, we're not crammed, we're not we don't have to, you know, queue for hours for certain things unless it's like you know, some really popular food or something. So like that that drive to fight and be vocal, I guess, you know, comes from the like you said, you know, the denser populations. Yeah. Malaysian classrooms in general, yeah, I notice it more quiet. Because again, drawing from my experience back in Monash when I was studying, right, we have a lot of um, expats coming over to study, you know, from Mauritius, you know, from Bangladesh, from the UK, or of course, from Australia, you know, exchange students. And the Malaysian students are always the ones who are the most quiet. Mm. Like, even the China Chinese students were more vocal. Oh. From time to time, they do take most of the notes, but they try to chip in when everything gets a bit too quiet mm. and awkward, right? But Malaysians, right. no, we are not afraid of silence and awkward silence. You know? <laughs> we prefer to stay in that awkward silence. We are quite good with our eye contacts, you know? Yeah, yeah we try in it. It's like looking at everyone else, who's going to speak first, you know? We're just hoping someone else will do it so that we don't have to. Do you think it's maybe a language barrier? Do you feel that's the reason? Mm, I would say that this would probably be the third point. So, you know, earlier we talked about culture, we talked about population, so supply mm. and demand. Language barrier, I would say that this does play a role, especially mm. if you're trying to brand yourself in an international market, right? In a global market and not just within your country. Yeah. Um, again, based on my personal experience, when I went on the exchange program in the US two years ago, we went together with a group of Asians who came from, you know, people of different countries. So you have Malaysians, you have Cambodians, Myanmar, Indonesian, Thailand, Philippines, and, and so forth. And you can just notice the big difference of who speaks up first, yeah. especially uh, when it comes to, you know, group discussions. I know. Again, the ones who didn't speak up, it's not necessarily because they are afraid or it's because they look down upon themselves. It's more because they feel like their English is not good enough. Yeah. And hence, they can't really portray or really express what they feel or about a certain situation or that certain topic. And yeah. hence, they, they hold back themselves a little bit. I mean, just... If I reflect upon myself as well, because I'm an English speaker, my Mandarin and Malay is not that good. And hence, you know, in an English speaking setting, I would definitely, you know, stand out and speak up my thoughts if I have and, you know, be very actively in branding myself. But if I'm in a Chinese speaking environment or Malay, primarily Malay speaking environment, I believe I would also hold back as well because I don't want to say the wrong things by accident or embarrass myself, right? So there's all these like self-doubts that you will have um, when your language isn't strong. 
yeah the, the fluency is definitely gonna hold you there i i know what you mean i feel you i've, I've been in a forum where it was a malay speaking forum and i'm a very vocal person but i gotta say i was really quiet at that point but yeah so that was a really good discussion over in like you know the comparison between asian and western personal branding right like for westerners but you know maybe we could also share a little bit about what about expats coming from foreign countries coming into asia right like how do we help these people because i think there will be some sort of cultural shock in the beginning mm. you know when you come in and and you're you're branding yourself as per what you are very attuned to in your own respective countries and then you come in and you realize that okay I didn't know talking about myself is a uh, a form of boasting, you know? Yeah, so I, I don't know. I feel like over the years, it's changed a little bit. So like, first of all, we have to understand how people see expats in Malaysia, right? So typically, expats are seen as, you know, people with money who come into the country and take, you know, relatively higher positions. So they could be, we have a lot of Korean and Japanese expats recently, but, you know, typically we understand them to be what Malaysians would call unflatteringly the Kwailos. It's a very unflattering way of describing them. So we'll try not to use it, but, you know, yeah. that's how most of them would describe them, you know, the, the white people who come over to the country. But I think there's been a shift because typically in the past, you'll see them as, you know, strong figures and they're leaders of the companies. But I feel with the, the change of sentiment of people now to, with, you know, especially with all these movements as happening in other countries, which I'll try not to mention because I don't want to get political here. But there's been a change in mindset towards how people see what people as well, right? In Asia as well. So they start to see them as more intimidating, I would argue. Again, this is not grounded in research, it's just my impression. I'll argue that people see them as more intimidating, more as a threat. So if they were to be too, they come on too strong as well, they could be perceived as them trying to be dominant or to be racist or stuff like that. You know, that's the card that people can throw against them, which is actually a risk and why you find a lot of experts now tend to be a bit more collaborative instead of being outspoken. They are actually afraid to be out too outspoken because maybe perceived as, you know, being demeaning or something else. The community or the environment is more woke right now, right? Because there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of things that you can actually, yeah, you can actually be pinpointed, accused on if you don't really, you know, if you're not sensitive enough, lah, I would say. Yeah, cultural sensitivities is a big point. Because again, every Asian country is so different. And within each country, you know, which region you go to, also the culture is entirely different. Like KL versus Turanganu, for example, huge difference. Yeah, But exactly. if you haven't been there, you don't know what the, what the cultural setting is like and what's expected of you. Yeah, and I, and I think that's something that a lot of experts need to also understand when you come into a country, you know, a keen sense of understanding of the cultural background, how people are generally is so important. Yes. Because, you know, when you come into a country, of course, what, by doing very minimal stuff, right, you would already stand out. Let's, let's just put it that way because you are already very different right you are not from around here people would remember you memorability i would say hey, by default you've already gotten some lah, right i think another part of personal branding that people might not really realize is important is also being able to synergize and also be part of the community in yeah. a certain way right and i think that's why like that understanding of cultural differences is so important yeah, Veronica, that's a very interesting point. I think when people think personal branding, most of the time, what comes to our mind is how do we stand out? How do we differentiate ourselves? How do we be branded as better than others and so forth? But what we tend to forget is that when you build a personal brand, it is built for an audience, mm. right? And you need to make your brand relevant, relatable. You need to be able to connect your brand with the other person or the other party. And hence, if all you do is just trying to think that, hey, okay, I'm, I'm coming here and, you know, I, I want to be different. I want to make sure that I, I'm the top and stuff like that. 
Um, it's great. It will probably give you a short-term boost. But in the long run, people will start dissociating from you. And hence, they don't want to work with your personal brand. And that will reduce the likability of your brand eventually. So that's the danger. If all you think that, okay, personal branding, I just need to stand out. I just need to be better. I just need to make it a point that I am above you. That kind of mindset is when you will fall eventually. Exactly. And and I think very important for everyone. I mean, if there's experts listening to our podcast here, I just want to also bring out this point. Even though we're all Asians, we are all very different. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I do watch a lot of TikTok sometimes at night, right? Guilty. And I realize for a lot of Westerners, they think that Asia just is equals to China, right? And actually, we're so different. Like, even mm. in Southeast Asia, right? Like, if you compare Thailand versus Singapore, right? Or Malaysia versus um, Philippines, it's, it's yes. so different, you know? The culture yes. differentiation is very different. Command of English is also very different, you know? It's all these things that really has to be pointed out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, speaking of cultural difference, you know, I I mean, this is quite random, may not be necessarily related to this talk that we're having, but I was just sharing with Ranuka and Tyler that I read an article about the culture in Thailand and how like in companies, because, you know, humility is really like a part of their culture. It, it's so much of their culture that, you know, it's it's good to never say no. <laughs> yeah, I remember this story. <laughs> you should never say no to your boss and everything should be a yes. Okay, I mean, this is my words, not yes. I'm putting it out based on my interpretation of the article. Okay, so, and they illustrated a story which I thought was really funny because they wanted to demonstrate how Thais don't say no to their boss. So, for instance, if a boss tells the employee and say, hey, you know, can you work on Saturday? I need you to come to work. How the employee would reply instead of like a no, this person would go something like, yes, I can work for you, but only at like, you know, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Afterwards, I need to go and pick up my kid. And then, you know, I need to send my mom to the clinic. And then, you know, after that, I can come back and work again. So, you know, they would just beat around the bush <laughs> um, because they are so afraid to say no. <laughs> I feel I want to use this excuse next time as well. Yeah, that's really something to also kind of introduce to, to people who are, um, you know, right now thinking of working in Asia, especially right now in during the pandemic season, right? It's quite interesting. I know of many that are probably supposed to be based in Asia, but because of the travel ban at this moment, they're still in their own countries, you know what I mean? So when travel is allowed, right, you would start seeing a surge of, you know, people, whether it's Asians going out or, you know, people from foreign countries coming into Asia, example. And having this understanding is really important, especially if this is your first time coming into an Asian country. In fact, you know, my husband is Filipino and he even told me that when he came into Malaysia for the very first time to work, right, you know, we are, we are Southeast Asians, right? We're very close, right? But that itself already, he told me that there's such a big cultural difference because we are multicultural. We have so many race and uh, religion and ethnicity. Whereas for Filipinos, is they're very homogeneous. So everyone speaks Tagalog, right? Here, everyone speaks very different languages. I mean, speaking of India even, even though they are so-called homogeneous, when I went to India, my fellow friends from India always tell me that we are all very different. Yeah, that's what they say also. We, we have different dialects based on the locations that we are. We all react and behave differently. You know, it's just all these little details that you don't notice until you're in that country. But of course, it helps that you, you are aware about these differences beforehand. I think the best way is always to speak to a local themselves. to really understand how they work, what's comfortable for them, what's sensitive, what's not, what, what makes them joyful. You know, all these elements that we take note when we build a brand, these are things that you need to take note as well when you go into a new country and brand yourself over there. 
So like I actually you know I, I have some friends who are like location independent workers you know some people call them digital nomads. Oh, um, <laughs> so cool. Yeah, so they they have really been to a few countries and one one bit of advice they you know they they told me it actually works pretty well for them when they're going to work in a new country for a new company that's there. They actually go and live there like at least like for a month before they get to go home. I know every everyone's you know like holiday visa policies are a bit different in Malaysia specifically. I think it's up to a month, right? You can. Uh, work I think up- it's ninety days if you are on a visitor. Oh, yeah, yeah, if you're on a visitor. Even better. So, like, see, at least for a month, you know, because coming here for a holiday is one thing. Living here is another thing. Working here is another thing. Yeah, right? yeah so definitely. At least get the holiday and the the living part out of the way, so you understand like the daily routines of people. It helps you get a better idea how people spend their time. Mm. So as a manager, you can be more sensitive to it. You know, typically if you're taking like a senior management position in Asia. Oh. At least then you understand how to better take care of your people because you understand what mm. they do. Um, what the routines are like, the timings are like, you know, what's the work culture like. Yeah. Start making friends and talk to them about this stuff. It gives you a better idea of how to be a good manager for them. Yeah. Also reflects on your personal brand, right? Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, right, guys, it's also really interesting to kind of find out about biasness. I think this is something we cannot avoid, right? So what do you guys think about like how to overcome biasness against Asian talents? Okay. Yeah. So I think we highlighted some of it at the first part of this podcast right like how Asians tend to be a bit more reserved a bit more humble and you know we, we don't dare to stand out and speak up against our boss and hence we may be perceived that we are less qualified because we don't talk enough of our contributions we don't talk enough about what we have done hence we may seem less qualified uh, less confident because we don't dare to you know speak up and hence also you know less considered for promotions or business and so forth Yes, it's true that, you know, we, we need to know our limit, right? When to step up and when to not. Maybe I can share my experience when I, I went over to Germany to do my internship. So that was about three years ago when I had the opportunity to do a six-month internship in a huge global German company. It was headquartered in Hamburg. And at that time when I went over there, out of the 3,000 employees, I found out I was the one of two Malaysians that are in that company. So that is already like the first thing that I was like, what? Only two Malaysians made it here. (laughs) So I was pretty shocked. And also I was surrounded by a pool of uh, Europeans, Americans, Westerners in general, who are generally very good in uh, speaking about themselves, branding themselves and standing out of the crowd. Right? Mm-hmm. And of course, out of 3,000 employees, there is a need to stand out a little bit because it's 3,000 employees. It's a lot. right? So, of course, when I went over there in my first month, I, I take a step back instead of trying to go all out and you know push my way into the scene. I first try to step back and really understand uh, my surroundings. So, like what Tyler said earlier, you know, understand the people around you, how they behave, what do they talk about, stuff like that. So, that was when I start to dig a bit deeper into what Germans tend to talk about. Like, they love to talk about the weather. <laughs> What is the weather forecast today? You know, is it going to rain? <laughs> Maybe there's a big variety. That's why there's something to talk about, I guess. I mean, in Malaysia, it's probably just like, what's the weather hot? I mean, same as last week, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. So they actually check the weather forecast every single morning. And I was shocked because I have the weather forecast app in my phone. I never opened it until I went over there. <laughs> you know, because it's part of the conversation. They also like to talk about, oh no, they don't like to talk about this, but it's a very common greeting that they say. They tend to say, how are you? with every person that they meet, right? It's almost like, hi, <laughs> over there. So every person you meet, you will normally start off with, how are you? So I sit back and observe and, you know, see what they, how they approach conversations. And when they approach the conversation, what do they talk about? So little things like that, it really helps as you're building your brand because ideally building a brand, it starts off with a conversation, right? If you can relate with your audience, you know, what is their interest, what sparks in them, 
Hence, then you can, you know, are able to make your brand more relatable. I think that will be the, the first thing you want to overcome bias is you, you need to be part of the audience first, understand who they are. And hence, you, you can be part of them first. I think once you be part of them, the other thing is that you don't want to hold back what is unique about your culture, right? I know that it's like, it kind of contradicts a little bit. You know, one, one point I said, you have to be part of them. But the second part, I said that, hey, you don't need to hold back like who you are exactly because this is what makes you unique. If all you do is blend 100% with them, like, sound like a German, be like a German, dress like a German, then what makes you different, right? What makes you an Asian and what makes you a Chinese Malaysian, right? That is the beauty of personal branding, especially when you are in a new setting, is you can introduce new things to them, right? New culture, new new stuff about you that most people don't know about. Like for instance, in my case, I start to mention a little bit of Chinese when I was with my German community because they were also interested to know like, oh, uh, what, what are things that you say? What are things that you celebrate? And even during Chinese New Year, I actually brought a plate of Yisang over to my team. Wow. Yeah, to introduce that culture to them and to really establish my personal brand that, hey, I am an Asian from Malaysia and this is what is unique about my culture and I want to bring that to you and I want you to remember me for that as well. Not just uh, Asian trying mm. to fit into the German setting, you know? Yeah, I think I think that, that was a really good opportunity for you to give them an understanding of the differentiation in Asia, right? Like different countries, what are the differences that you experience? Yisang is obviously not in India, example... Not in, not in Thailand, you know, so... Not even in China. <laughs> not even in China, right? Like, just found out Bakute is also not from China. It's actually yes, from uh, our side yes. here, right? If any Singaporeans want to fight me on this, no, it's from Thailand. Just Thailand alone. We are not oh, related to <laughs> just, just Thailand, just Thailand, just Thailand. I will secretly back you on this, Thailand. <laughs> I think we've come to the end of our podcast. I hope that our sharing, you know, in this whole extent of personal branding in Asia gave everyone sort of like an understanding that, you know, different countries really, the way how you brand yourself, you have to take into consideration your environment as well, right? So, yeah, I think, Tyler, do you have anything you want to share on this? Um, yeah, well, when it comes to overcoming biases, you know, because again, I used to recruit for, you know, multiracial teams as well, multinational teams as well um, for larger corporations. One thing that's typical is, even for local companies, when it comes to hiring Malaysians as well, there's always a discrimination that local people or you know Asian people can't really speak that well. We're not good at communication skills. That seems to be a bias typically across the board. Even in our own country, they think we can't speak a language when we're speaking to each other. You know, it's it's a bit weird. So I guess you know a good way to overcome you know biases for for Asian talent in particular is to learn how to be more articulate, right? Learn how to carry a conversation, be a bit more well read. You know, try to read more different things, different topics, talk to different people. Get different perspectives and learn to, you know, understand the other side of the story rather than trying to push your point forward. Out of conversations, what's really going to help you carry across to build an effective personal brand over time? I think it's a good skill worth learning. International news is something that everyone should really understand and be well aware. And if you already know the audience or the crowd that you're going to be speaking to, let's say you're going for a meeting for Southeast Asia, right? Or maybe it's a global meeting that you're going for. Perhaps just have a bit of understanding of what's currently happening in their countries. I think to me, I always feel very impressed if people know a little bit about like what's happening in Malaysia and whatnot. And speaking of articulation of language, right? I always get very surprised or rather, like, I, I'm always very taken back when people ask me, like, oh, you know what? I didn't know Malaysians speak English. I, mean, <laughs> I heard that before, yes. <laughs> right? Have you guys heard yes. that before? Like, oh, I didn't know you guys all speak fluent English. They tell me things like, you know, oh, you speak good English. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, like that's the only language I speak, bro. <laughs> that's our first language, man. I, I think at least for the three yes, of us here. Yes. Primarily, the people in the yeah. city, yeah. English would be our main yeah. language. And yeah, I heard that before. And they will also be shocked when I say, <laughs> Oh, I can speak a bit of Mandarin, huh? 
it's like, whoa, whoa, you guys are all like multilingual. I'm like, yeah, that's just a bare minimum, you know, I think. So, okay, guys. Yeah, I'm going to just leave it to Laura. Laura, you want to bring us through like what's happening next after this? Yeah, so we come to the end of our second episode and just to wrap up the things that we discussed, you know, earlier we talked about what's the difference of personal branding between Westerners and in Asia and we concluded that, you know, in Asia, we tend to hold back a little bit because of a couple of things like because of culture, because of language barrier and also depending on the economic situation, right? In, in countries where there's more supply than, you know, demand of jobs, obviously, um, people are more driven to stand out and put themselves out there. We also talk a little bit about how expats can brand themselves in Asia and vice versa, how Asians can overcome biasness when they work in an international market. So we hope that this has helped you gain a little bit more insights about personal branding in Asia or as Asians, uh, if we can put it. And speaking of which, we just want to give you a little teaser on what we're going to talk about in our next episode. We think it's a very interesting episode. <laughs> it's called Personal Branding Online versus Offline. Line. So, wow. mm, yes, yeah. let's wow at our own topic. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> let's wow at our own topic. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, it's something different. We don't see many people talking about it yet. And I'm not going to review too much so that you will have to tune in to our next episode. Right, so that sums up the episode. If you haven't rated or followed us yet, please do. You can check out the links in the description to find out more about what we do. We'll see you again for the next episode. All right, thank you. Goodbye. Bye, guys. <laughs>